Hey everyone and welcome back to Zoo Notable. I'm PJ with Zoo Fit and I'm continuing on with a um, a little bit of a segment I was calling last month tell, telling my story. So sometimes I get folks on here that, um, that share their story and of course I love sharing stories from the, uh, the animal field, conservation, and even self-improvement. Um, but I am working on my own memoir. I'm working on how we can apply the animal, the principles of animal keeping, animal training to our own lives and uh, to our own self-care. And so I'm kind of sharing little bits and pieces of my own story and looking for um, ways that we can, we can apply this to our own lives, seeing if you can find that lesson or find their resonance in each of these stories. So um, I'm going to continue on with that. This is a quick story of what I call finding my big why. Again, it's a little bit of uh, an inspiration hope for folks who are looking to get into the field, what it takes to be an animal trainer, and then also what happens when things don't always go our way. How do we get, keep standing up? How do we keep getting up even after we've fallen? This is telling my story uh, with uh, with Notable on and my big why. What does it take to become an animal trainer? This was and still is my favorite question that I was frequently asked throughout my career, starting as my time as an educator. It constantly reminded me of what I needed to do in order to achieve success with my own dreams. This question was typically asked by younger kids, sometimes teenagers, bright-eyed and intensely interested in learning everything about the animals in front of them. And after being so inspired as I had been, they couldn't wait to start on their own journey to working with animals, maybe, perhaps, one day. And on my journey through life, I've discovered the answer I shared with these intrigued and committed inquirers is actually one of the key secrets to success especially in achieving my fitness and health goals. So if you too have ever wondered what it takes to become a trainer or the secret to success, lean in. To become an animal trainer, you need three things. The first and most important is patience. Patience with the animals. Animals are not going to do everything you want them to do at the snap of a finger. They are living beings. And even if we can't understand their emotions or feelings, they do have them. We must be patient with their animals in order to be a good animal trainer. The second most important attribute to have as an animal trainer is patience. You must be patient, patient with yourself as much as with the animal. Take the time to learn all you need to become an animal trainer. Go to school, study animals, volunteer with animals, learn about how training works. You must learn how to play the long, patient game of persistence if you want to be a good animal trainer. Now, at this point, I look at these potential protégés and ask them, what do you think the third thing is? Patience was almost always their response. That's right, patience. Working with animals is a dream come true, but there's a lot of hard work involved, both physically and mentally. When the dolphin who was performing perfect jumps the day before doesn't want to give you a wave of their flipper, it takes patience to deal with the situation. We are training a sea otter to enter a crate they ultimately know will result in getting them a shot and waking up with a hangover takes an extraordinary amount of patience. 
working with the polar bear that you can't physically touch takes a lot of patience. But more than just patience, patience, and more patience, it's that consistency of patience that matters too. It doesn't matter how long the journey takes you, you have to remain consistent. That's the important part. Focus on the journey, on the next step along the way. Practice patience and the rewards will be great. Now, I had been patient while working in the education department over the past two years. I was proud of my work and my reputation for consistently showing up on time or early for my shifts, being reliable and providing good guest service. While I didn't have my degree in animal behavior quite yet, I was very close to finishing that it wouldn't hurt my chances. I was scuba certified and I knew several of the animal care staff from my time working at the park. My friends were encouraging in my attempt to join their department. My scuba diving buddy Jay had gotten the sought after position on his first try. And being an animal trainer is a highly sought after and very competitive job. For every one position, there can be as many as 300 applicants. Of course, the hiring managers don't have time to talk to everyone, so they usually picked out 10 to 15 candidates to invite for a swim test and for an interview. The first time I applied for an entry-level position called husbandry assistant, management didn't even invite me for an interview. That rejection was fine, but I wanted to know why. Not enough animal experience. I used that information as fuel. If management wanted animal experience, I'd get just that. Luckily, near the university, there was an animal sanctuary that took in unwanted pets. They had an array of animals such as a lemur, raccoons, skunks, emus, a quadamundi, and a pair of arctic foxes. Just in case that wasn't enough, I started volunteering at the local Humane Society with cats and the dogs. Now, when another position opened, I applied again. This time, I received the opportunity to take a swim test which included scuba diving one of the exhibits and a swim portion, swimming underwater, a fast surface swim, and retrieving a weight at the bottom of a 24-foot deep pool. Although I passed the skills portion, I was still rejected. Rejection didn't bother me though. Instead, I wondered, what could I do to improve? Get more experience scuba diving. That, my friends, was music to my ears. There were tons of places to practice scuba diving in Florida. My favorite diving spot was the Florida Keys, where I'd received my certification. I visited often to explore underwater and gain the skills the animal care team required. On my third attempt, animal care management told me I needed larger animal experience. I scratched my head, trying to figure out what I could, where I could gain large animal experience, and then found a tiger sanctuary close to where I lived. Maybe a tiger would be large enough for them. On the fourth time, they wanted me to prove I was a strong swimmer, so I got my lifeguarding certification. The fifth and sixth attempts, they both gave me reasons they rejected me, and I immediately went to work to fix them. At that time, no one had ever applied for the same position six times without giving up. But the managers had never met me before. They didn't understand how big my dream was and how committed I was to making it come true. My dream of working in animal care meant everything to me. It was all that mattered my entire life. Nothing could deter me from my focus to achieve this ambition. The management could have outright said, we don't like you and we don't want to hire you. And at that time, my response would simply have been, what can I do to change your mind? 
I wouldn't have taken no for an answer. I could get knocked down again and again, and I'd only rise stronger, wiser, and better. How is it that I could persist? It was what I call my big why. I wanted to be an animal care specialist so badly, I refused to give up. Each time I failed, my big why would grab me by the collar of my shirt and drag my, me back up to my feet. She'd tell me, I know it's hard. I know this sucks, but I didn't choose this path. You did. So wipe your tears, get off your butt, and go work on improving so you can show animal care what you've got and what you're made of. My dream wasn't a matter of if it happened. It was a matter of when. Giving up wasn't an option. I was all in. After two years of repeatedly and consistently trying out for animal care, on my seventh attempt, management offered me an entry-level position within animal care. As a husbandry assistant, I wouldn't be training any of the animals, and I would have limited interactions with dolphins, seals, manatees, and beluga whales. There would always be chores to do, and cleaning took precedence over playing with the animals. Like Cinderella, I had to finish the task before I could go to the ball. But what a ball it was. I learned how to work with dolphins, seals, and sea lions, manatees, belugas, and polar bears as a husbandry assistant. And I gained more experience and respect from my peers and supervisors. Management promoted me to an animal care specialist where I mentored other husbandry assistants, trained dolphins, belugas, and polar bears, and cared for sick and injured manatees. It was a dream come true, but it wouldn't have happened without my big why. Without that perseverance to never, ever give up. I would have missed out on so many unforgettable lessons and memories that came afterward. A few years into my career, I had a heart-to-heart -heart chat with one of my supervisors. I don't remember what led him to the topic, but he admitted that in the beginning, management was not so sure about hiring me. You were just so intense, he said. This will sound ridiculous, but it was like you worked too hard and you cared too much. I think you intimidated us. I asked him, why did you end up hiring me then? Well, you had tried out so many times. We just we figured just to go ahead and give you a try. The worst that would happen is that you didn't work out and either we let you go or you figured out and left on your own. Wow. I didn't know whether to be offended or not. I was still incredibly self-conscious about my abilities and other people's opinions of me. Are you still unsure? My supervisor looked at me and was shocked. Are you kidding me? The only thing we regret is not giving you a chance on your second swim test. Because of you, we completely rethought our interview process. And because of you, we've hired even more passionate, enthusiastic trainers that are making a tremendous difference in animal care. We gave you a chance, and you changed a lot more than our minds. Okay, so this is going to be the scary part for me. Instead of having my ideas out in front of me, I'm just going to go by the, uh, the, by the cuff. I'm just going to talk about what's on my mind right here. After reading this and what's going on with me right now, and, uh, and again, also just what this story means to me, again, personally, professionally, and, of course, in my own self-care. Um, this story is about, again, what it takes to become an animal trainer. And we're talking about that patience, patience, and patience. And I really hope the following story after that, the, uh, the story of how I got into animal care, really resonates and also um, 
talks about just how that patience is so important, that consistency of patience. I, it, was, it was tough for me because, again, I moved from home. I wanted to be an animal care specialist. I wanted to work with the animals since I was five years old. Since I saw my first dolphin show, I could point and say, Mom, that's what I want to do. That's what I wanted to do. And being told no again and again and again, even though I was a really strong swimmer, even though I'd worked at the, at the park for several years um, and had a really great rapport with my uh, immediate supervisor, even with the guests, the park guests, everyone seemed to really love me. Um, I, I struggled to get that job. And uh, as I mentioned the story, the thing that stopped me, I would come home every time I got that rejection in absolute tears. And at that point, I was, um, I was married. <clears throat> I'd come home in absolute tears. My husband would, would console me as best as he could at that time. We were quite young. <laughs> and then I would, I would, I would get up and I'd go try out again. A couple, you know, a couple months later, I would try out again. And uh, thinking back on the story again, I had to think of what got me, like, if I was living that life, you know, now, I think I would have given up. But then I remembered what it was. It was that big why. Again, it was, there was nothing else in my mind except for that job. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around anything else that I wanted to do. It was just animal care. And, um, and that's what kept me going. I had this big why inside of me and I just, nothing could satisfy it except for success. So again, it became not a matter of if it happened, it became a matter of when. So I do tell that story, um, sometimes to help others kind of see, you know, if they're not getting uh, responses, they're, they're putting in applications, they might be getting interviews and they're not hearing back from facilities. I really hope that a story like this can help them keep going. I was told, <clears throat> I used to get really frustrated by this actually, but J.K. Rowling wrote an amazing, how, whatever you think of J.K. Rowling today, she wrote an amazing series. She made a raising book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, or Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And she was an unknown author, and she got rejected by 12 different publishers before Scholastic picked her up. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot. Again, if you've been applying for 30 jobs and you've gotten 20 interviews or whatever it is, and you're thinking, oh, J.K. Rowling got rejected by only 12 people, 12 editors. Think about this. Harry Potter got rejected by 12 publishers, 12 editors. That, again, one of the most successful books of all time got rejected by 12 people. And I bet you those 12 folks are kicking themselves to this day over rejecting Harry Potter. So be the Harry Potter, be rejected, and then show those folks what they, what they missed out on. You will find success. You just have to keep trying.
the story also that I've learned that helps me is the is the lesson from the tiger. The tiger is a symbol of strength. It's a symbol of power, and many for many people, the symbol of success. However, uh, if you're looking for a better animal that symbolizes success, go with the dragonfly. The dragonfly is successful 95% of every hunt that they go on. So dragonflies are predatory insects, and they have a 95% success rate. That's great. The tiger, that symbol of power, has the complete opposite. They have a 5% success rate. So if we want to, we can emulate both of those animals too. Again, for the dragonfly, again, they've honed so many of those skills. They are an ancient, ancient animal. Uh, they've been around for, I don't know if ancient's the right word, but they've been around for millions of years. And so they've honed their adaptations. They are perfectly adapted for hunting. They're, again, very, they are very precise hunters. But I like that whole idea of the tiger, even though they only have a 5% success rate, they don't give up. And I know a lot of folks will be thinking, well, duh, they don't give up because if they give up, they starve. They will die. Well, folks, if we give up, our dreams will die. I want us to think of those dreams just as a tiger thinks of their of their lives, of their the next meal. They have to, we have to go after it. So what is that big why? What is it that's going to pull you up by the collar of your shirt, dust you off and say, I know this sucks, but go be a tiger. You just got, got your butt whooped. <laughs> go be a tiger and try again. And then hone in on, the, on that dragonfly and uh, hone those skills and get a little bit better every single time so you increase increase those chances. Now, and when it comes to our self-care, I honest to God think the same thing has to occur. Now, for me, um, that big why was the animals. I had that realization that I can't take care of the animals unless I'm taking care of myself. And that became that big why. I wanted to be an amazing animal Keeper. I wanted to be a great animal trainer, and I had to start with me. It has to. It absolutely has to start with me. It's like that uh, that oxygen mask we've heard, you know, countless, countless times. Um, that you, it's not help everybody else and then put the mask on. It's put the mask on and then help everybody else. And there's a couple reasons for that. Um, one is that, again. If you are not taking care of yourself, you can't be of service. You're not going to be able to breathe. You're not going to be a, the best that you can be in helping others. But on the opposite side, again, think about the animals. If you are stressed out because you're doing so much to help them, that does nothing for their peace of mind either. Imagine if you're on a plane and the and the air mask come down and the person around you is freaking out. So and stop, I'll help you. Oh my God. Wouldn't you actually be like, hey, 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 go put, put the mask on yourself and then help others. <laughs> Same thing goes for us when it comes to animal care, pursuing our dreams. 
we cannot take care of those dreams. We can't take care of the animals. We can't take care of our families. And we can't take care of this planet until we start taking care of ourselves. And we have to have that big why. And it can be your family. It can be the planet. Um, but again, it starts with you. We need that big why. And it go, again, it goes with the same with self-care. We're going to falter. We're going to um, succumb to temptations here and there. We're going to eat too much or we're going to skip a workout or we're going to you know, stay up really late and not get great sleep. What's going to get you to get back in the game as soon as possible? Uh, what's going to get you to not give up? It's got to be your big why. Um, again, think about that story. Think about what it takes to be an animal trainer. It takes patience. It takes patience. And folks, it takes patience. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with the world around you. And again, be patient with the time, with what it's going to take to get you where you want to be. That's what I've got for this, uh, this episode. Oh, once again, still living in like bare essentials. We'll be getting our equipment very, very soon. So I appreciate you uh, <laughs> bearing with me on my very, you know, <laughs> Very uh, antiquated <laughs> equipment, but uh, but yeah, I've loved doing this this segment um, again, telling my story. And if you have thoughts on it, again, please, I'd love to have your thoughts. So share with them. You can uh, can send to uh, my ZooFit contact at ZooFit.net. Contact me. Let me know what your thoughts are. And as always, keep eating clean, living green, training positive. Because when we feel better, we can do better. Thanks, everyone.